0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning.
2: This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh yeah, what's going on? Hello and welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush here during this final homestand of the 2021 season. Hey, see Shohei Otani on Sunday. In case you haven't heard, get your tickets at angels.com slash tickets, $3 seats when you get here. 25% off select so like merchandise at the Angels Stadium team stores. Want to get that out of the way? Want you guys to know all about that because uh, Angels baseball is saying thank you to the fans that uh, have had to endure quite a bit this season. I know the Angels have had to endure a lot this This year, as far as the injuries go and, and here the angels are not a playoff year this season. And you know, it's going to be, they'd have to go on a monumental run here to even get to 500 where the angels sit right now is in a tough spot, a tough spot that we've seen the last several seasons with angels baseball, where, you know, there is talent in the organization for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out whether that be injuries like the case of this season or, or maybe other things in years past. But this year, the story is about the injuries and just too many guys that are really critical to the success of Angels baseball have been banged up. And Joe Madden made some very interesting comments, I thought, on Wednesday in his pregame scrum, uh, addressing the media before the Angels took on the Astros the third game before that series. And just take a listen to what Joe had to say about the Angels playing the spoiler role right now and what it's going to take to get better.
0: It's tough. I mean, we, it's tough to be in this position. It's no fun to be in this position. You want to play meaningful games all the way through. Uh, it's meaningful in the sense that a lot of guys are getting opportunity. And I, I give our guys credit. Like I said, we come to play every night, try to come back again late last night. We weren't, weren't able to do so. But um, it's no fun. You've you got to put yourself in position that these games matter right now, that these games are almost like they don't matter in the sense that you're trying to set up your postseason rotation, things to that effect. How do you keep guys fresh, give guys days off so that they're ready for that first round of the playoffs? That's where you want to be right now. Uh, instead, you're doing this uh, casting call, giving all kinds of opportunities, which is wonderful and is necessary, but we've got to get beyond that, and we've got to get it beyond it next year. This, is, uh, this can't continue to go on. We can't annually be in this position. Uh, it's, this, this organization is better than that. We deserve better than that, and we have to go out and earn it.
2: This organization is better than that. They deserve better than that. And we have to go out and earn it. Love that from Joe Madden right there. I like that Joe Madden was a little frustrated right there. I, th- I think that if you're an Angels fan, I think you gotta be happy hearing that. I think you gotta be happy knowing that mediocrity is not acceptable. And that things have to change. And I think for the first year of this offseason, we're probably gonna see some stability as far as the manager GM situation. There's been a lot of change over the last several years. Um You know, Perry would be going into his second season. Joe Madden, third year. I think that for the Angels, you can see that there are pieces in motion that have an opportunity to help this club get to that level rather quick. And I think that, you know, we've talked so much about how the pitching needs to be better, and the only way to do it is to draft and develop, and they've drafted and they're developing. And You're also finding a lot of guys that are now coming to the major league level, and you're figuring out, okay, is this guy major league ready, yes or no? And when you try to put the pieces together for what your rotation is going to look like next year, who is going to be in the mix on all of that. Like even a couple of days ago, I asked Joe Madden about the Angels' ERA here in the month of September. So going into the series against the Astros, the Angels had the third best ERA in the American League in September. And part of what he was saying there is, okay, that's nice. He goes, but you can't put too much stock into that. Because, A, it's a small sample size, and two, we know that you know the, the pitching's got to get better. But part of what Joe also said there is that is really good for these guys to be able to get the confidence that they know they can do it at this level. I think many of the pitchers you're seeing in the big leagues right now with this Angels club are probably going to be in the minor leagues next season. So for them to be able to take this major league experience, then go to the minors, now you have organizational depth because they're going to be able to come back up, and when they do come back up, they're going to know – and have it already been proven to them that they can do it at this level. So for that reason, it's good. I think it's good for the sake of organizational depth. I think that's really important. But you got to continue to add to the pitching staff. I think that everybody would tell you that. Perry Manassian has been the first one to say his priority is pitching, pitching, pitching. Joe Madden's talked about that a lot, too. And that's an area the Angels absolutely must improve on to be contenders because – You know, you look at this lineup and you think that there's a chance here for this offense to be really special when healthy. You know, I'm still dreaming on the idea of having Trout, Rendon, and Otani together healthy in the lineup. We barely saw it in 2021. You know, with David Fletcher being the contact guy he is, that's tremendous. I would still like to see, you know, maybe there's an option to get a a guy that's a really good on-base percentage guy. You know, maybe that exists. You know, I, I like the bench options that are here. There, there are pieces that that are really work that are championship caliber players that are going to help you win. I think all of that can be really special moving forward for the Angels. You, you have to address the pitching for sure. And I'm glad that at least coming into this Astros series, some of these guys have had quite a bit of success here for this month. That's awesome. Keep it up and be able to have that with you when you come back to the major league level. That's really important. Like even Reed Detmers, for example, who is, has been really hindered by this uh, COVID situation. As he had to, He's had to miss a ton of time. He threw a sim game on Wednesday, three innings, 53 pitches. Um, you know, you hope maybe you can see him next week, get a start before the end of the season. Uh, but for Reed Detmers, you know, Joe was also asked about how the Angels see him moving forward and what his role is going to be in the Angels' rotation. And uh, Joe, I, I thought had another
0: interesting comment there. It's hard to say. I mean, he didn't have a, a, a really solid chance. I mean, the COVID thing really did hurt in, in regards to his development. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, that would be that'll be an off-season discussion. I thought he represented himself well, but he didn't dominate either. So you have to again listen. We, what's what's your agenda next year? Is it to participate in the American League West and uh, hopefully possibly make it to the end? and play a game in, in October, that should never be the uh, situation. My point is, you have to. we have to get guys that we think are ready to win right now in, in, in that rotation in order to get to where we want to be. Otherwise, you're going to keep perpetuating this method.
2: That's the blueprint right there from a frustrated Joe Madden. I think that everybody in this Angels organization is frustrated because you know there's talent there. You know that you know this is a club that when healthy, could've, things could have been a lot different this year. And you also know that there's a lot of work to be done. And it's going to be a big ask of GM Perry Manassian and this entire Angels front office. doesn't mean they can't do it, though. I mean, there are ways to be creative. And I look at the free agent market, and there's a couple names I think could be impact guys, but not a ton. And I look at the trade market and think to myself, okay, well, part of the thing that I've learned about baseball is it's a business. And that if you don't win, there's a likelihood you could be traded. Shakeups happen because teams have to find ways to win. So, I mean, we could be talking about trade scenarios and what kind of trades you could make to bring in front-end, top-tier starting pitching. And it's going to be pricey. And it's going to probably cost you a player or two that you really like. That might end up being the case. But a decision is going to have to be made at some point on how much value you put into acquiring top-tier pitching. It's not going to come cheap. And there's a lot of shortstops out there. Those are going to be expensive dollars-wise, but that's an area the Angels have to address. And there's a lot of different areas you want to see the Angels look at right now. What's the catching situation going to be like moving forward? How about the outfield situation? Are Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh ready to go at the Major League level? It's all an interesting thought right now to try to figure out what this Angels club is going to look like for 2022 and beyond. And it's, it's, a, it's a big ask. Of Perry Banassian. I'm really glad I'm not the one having to make those decisions, man. These are some tough calls. Tough calls. But you know the window to take advantage of Mike Trout and Shoei Otani and Anthony Rendon all in their prime together doesn't have that many more years. There are still several years left in that window. There's still an opportunity here. And even for Mike Trout, like let's say let's say Trout does start to leave his prime in the next 3-4 years just because he might not be in his prime anymore doesn't mean he still won't be able to contribute in a significant way but I, I do think that you know Trout turning 30 okay how many more prime years does he have left he's got several there, there's at least I would say 3 or 4 for sure for Mike Trout how much more than that well you gotta try to find a way to strike in that window and with Shoei Ohtani doing what he's doing Man, he's been so incredible here in 2021, it's going to be almost impossible to replicate it. The only thing I would say to that is I thought it was impossible to do what he's done this year. He's already defied logic for what seems reasonable to have success on a Major League Baseball diamond. Shohei Ohtani has far exceeded those expectations. Man, he's been fun to watch. I've said it so many times. The MVP is it's locked up. Shoei is getting the MVP. Speaking of awards, want to shift gears to this. So the Gold Glove Award, Joe Madden has been campaigning for David Fletcher. There's a couple of things that are going against David Fletcher here. Number one is this has always been an award that while it's supposed to be for defense, your offensive year typically has an impact there. Simeon's had a lot of home runs and played a lot of second base. So there's going to be some love in that direction already. So there's already inherent bias against David Fletcher on that front. Number two is that 25% of how the Gold Glove Award gets determined is by the Sabre Index, the defensive index metric that they use, where they basically take six stats, put it all together, take out the average, and try to figure things out that way. And that, that number that comes of that equates to 25% of the vote, and the managers and coaches determine the other 75%. So for David Fletcher, it's an uphill battle because as far as the metrics go, David Fletcher looks average. But you and I watch David Fletcher all the time. You and I see how dominant David Fletcher is at that position and how elite he is as a second baseman. His double play turn time, off the charts. it has been phenomenal at that. David Fletcher, when you watch him, you know this guy is a gold glover. So Joe Madden uh, was a little spicy on that front, too, in his campaign for David Fletcher. The
0: fact that it's even considered a race absolutely amazes me. And if you're just going to go by a generated numerical metric number, you're going to be deceived often. Trust me on that. Um, Some teams are better at setting guys up where they need to be to begin with, and some guys benefit from better pitching staffs than others where the ball's not hit as hard on a consistent basis. Nobody... I've not seen that body of work in a season better than him. And I'm going to say this too, he's the best infielder. Chapman, him and Chapman are two of the best infielders I've seen this year. But don't tell me there's anybody out there, both leagues, that play that position better than he does. So for anybody trying to make that argument anywhere, come see me. I want to get that out there right now before people start voting because it would be an absolute shame uh, if anybody thought there's anybody better than him at that particular position.
2: Really since 2013, the Sabre Defensive Index has been a big part of how a Gold Glover is determined. And what that index is, is what it does, it draws on the aggregates of two types of existing defensive metrics. So those come based on where the ball is hit, that data, and then the play-by-play accounts and what just happens there. So the three metrics that are representing the batted ball data are defensive runs saved, ultimate zone rating, and runs effectively defended. And then the other metric, that are used are the defensive regression analysis, as well as the total zone rating. All of those numbers end up making this Sabre defensive index, which now accounts for 25%, and that's something that Joe Madden is not a huge
0: fan of. That should not be permitted. The numbers should not be permitted. That has nothing to do with anything. Um, uh, those numbers could be so skewed, they could be so off, they could be so biased. There's so many things within these numbers that I don't agree with, quite frankly. You know if a defender is good or not by watching him. And you guys have been watching all year. And you could tell me, I know if we took a vote of you right here, all the different infielders you've seen this year, you could tell me quite, I would say almost 100% accurately, who's the best third baseman shortstop, second baseman, first baseman in the American League. Without question, you don't need a metric. You don't need a number. Uh, just by watching, that's one of those things you have to see. And furthermore, that, can't, that number can't, that cannot accurately indicate how accurate his throws have been from so many different positions. Uh, body positions, off balance, uh, extended to center field or to the first base side where the ball's right in the first baseman's chest. <clears throat> uh, turn times on double plays. I don't even know if that's evaluated, the, the double play that he's able to turn that somebody can't, else cannot just based on accuracy and quickness. Don't tell me this, man, because that would be an absolute sham. If that number, this generated number, somehow influences this vote, would be absolutely wrong. That's my opinion, and I believe it very strongly. Joe, he, he turned the, the double play last night. which was just another example of of the what he's done all year, based on information that I that I've seen. Okay, the so his turn of a double play.
2: So again, you're getting that information. I I don't have that information, but it, the way it looked, it certainly seemed that way. Was that something that you knew, like coming into this year? Like was yeah. that something you'd seen, and now this
0: is this is who David Fletcher That's is? That's why when he was playing the outfield, when I first got here, I I didn't want, I didn't like that. This the this one of the best infielders I've seen, and you're going to put him on the grass. This guy belongs on the dirt. He can play that position better than anybody. He can play that position as well as most at shortstop. I'm pointing at shortstop. Um, So he belongs on the dirt. He is the the gold standard uh, for how to play that position. And there's a lot of other players that are nice, but nobody can do what he does.
2: An impassioned argument right there for Joe Madden. I love it. I love everything about that because you and I watch David Fletcher all the time. We know that David Fletcher needs to be a gold glover. That needs to be known nationally as well. I don't think it's a bad thing that the game he turned five double plays was against the Yankees. I'm just putting that out there. I don't think that that's going to uh, be a bad thing by any stretch. But it's going to be an uphill battle for David Fletcher. And and Joe is right. It really would be a shame if Fletcher does not get a gold glove this year. Um, you're expecting everybody, every coach around the league to have really done their homework and to uh, take advantage of what they have seen with their eyes and watching David Fletcher and what he has meant as a defensive player. And that's a big ask, but I I think that anybody that watches him can recognize how elite he is as a defensive player, that he is the best defensive second baseman in Major League Baseball, and uh, you're just hoping that that comes through as far as the voting is concerned and that he doesn't get hit too hard uh, by the metric in that 25% there. I mean, Fletch is around average right now. If he can move a little closer to maybe top – three or four. I think that could help him in a big way. But then again, you're playing to the number and it's really hard to, to try to manipulate that. Just with teams who shifts a lot differently, they're set up in different positions, and and there's a, there's a, a lot of different things Um, You know, Joe Madden brought up, you know, pitchers, and and the ball gets hit harder off of some guys than others. All of that needs to be taken into account. David Fletcher has saved the Angels a ton of runs this year. He has made a ton of double plays, and Fletch, to me, is clearly the best defensive player that you're going to see at second base in baseball. Joe Madden clearly feels the same way. And I think many of you guys would agree, just kind of hoping that all comes together. All right. Want to shift gears now and get you to our conversation with Joe Adele. He and I had a really good talk just about a lot of different things that he's gone through. But first, let's pause for a moment for a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? All right, hanging down in the Angels dugout with Joe Adele. Joe, man, what a fun year this has been. Obviously not finishing the way you kind of had in mind, but uh, you get a chance to come back to the major league level after tearing the cover off the ball in AAA, and now you come here and, and had quite a bit of success. Just what was this year like for you, if you get a chance to just kind of reflect on what it's been like?
3: No, it's been great. I mean, we've uh, we've gotten back to a lot of normalcy, with spring training kind of being the way that it normally is and, and getting out and, and just playing ball. You know, I think uh, – being able to kind of accumulate a real full season for me um one after the covid year was was probably the best thing just getting back in the rhythm and you know i played with a lot of energy this year which is how i'm used to playing you know what what i put on display here particularly when i got called up was um you know what i can bring to the table and what i hope to continue to bring so um it was great it was great i think um you know i really I really focused in on the things that you know I, I struggled with and, and, and made sure that you know this year I was coming out and ready to go. So it was uh, it was a blast.
2: You know, one of the things that we were hearing when you were spending time in Triple A, I would I would talk with some of the people there in Salt Lake and, and they were saying like how hard you were working on your defense and, and driving the ball to all fields and doing so many little things well. When you're somebody that has been hearing for a long time that you're going to be at this level and you're going to be a star at this level, to kind of go back to some of those more fundamental things, was that a challenge for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think all, all the stuff that, you know, I was able to put on display this year and, and as far as the outfield just being that much better kind of had to do with, with me reverting back to the things that got me here, you know. And, you know, a lot of times you, you get in the mode of perfection, you know, and trying to make every move the right way, which actually causes more mistakes you know, for, for me in the case of uh, a lot of different things. So you know, I have to just continuously remind myself that, you know, yeah, we want to compete at this level and do everything um, the best that we can, but it's not going to be perfection. You know, it's more about in my game and my game style and the way that I play, um, being, being the athlete, letting the athlete part of myself play first Um, And that really kind of helped everything pretty, you know, helped in the batter's box, being able to go the other way on breaking pitches, Uh, It helped in the outfield with first step and being able to um, run to the spot and know where I'm supposed to be. Just kind of letting the athlete Joe Adele play. And and I think um, I think that kind of had more credit um, to the improvement uh, than anything else.
2: I tell you, I'll just say this from my perspective. It looked like you were having a time of your life out there. It looked like you were having some fun, especially, I mean, the, the home run you hit and, and just, you know, you make a great defensive play and you're fired up. I love that, bringing some of the fun into baseball. And then you get to spend time with your buddy Brandon Marsh here as well, who's having a great season. He's getting a bunch of at-bats. Uh, we, we've talked about your two relationship before, but but now to do it here, it must be different doing this in the major league level.
3: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously being at this level, you know, the winning aspect is, is obviously a lot a lot more important and it for us it's always been that way though i think you know in the minor leagues a lot of times you you know teams and 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 you know affiliates get complacent and, and don't view winning you know as, as a big thing more of the development part of it but we've always played to win you know regardless of what team we were on whether it was you know the orem owls in 17 or you know whether it was you know here now it's the same thing it's the same game to us it's the same idea of go out and compete and try to make something happen and and try to um uh, try to get us on the board so I think um, I think for us it was nothing new you know Um, once the moment we got out and started the first game together it was you know like we're back in you know advanced rookie hey we're going out trying to win a game and um, as long as we can stay at you know with that mindset uh, we're going to be good.
2: Joe I've always known you to be a really thoughtful intelligent guy so I would just kind of want to get some of your thoughts on this too. You've heard for so many years how great you're going to be you get to the major league level. No doubt last season was a struggle. So now it seems like you might be on the other side of that. Coming back, you have a great season here, making those steps to get maybe even better in the future. Have you had any moments to reflect on what last year was like to, to what you kind of went through just to get back to, to this stage?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I've, 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 I've said it a, a couple times before, but it was kind of more like a sprint more than anything. I couldn't really get a grasp on, you know, exactly how the season went because there was a lot of things that, um, you know, were challenging to even begin the season with. Um, you know, I think, um, part of the workout regimen before you go into spring training and the expectation of spring training and how it should go and, and basically, um, just tuning up. That was the biggest struggle last year, you know, and I'm a guy that's big on preparation. You know, I'm, I'm so big on that and to really not be able to prepare as well as I, um, just struggling to prepare in a season that kind of got, you know, cut short and, and you know, we, we played then stopped playing. Um, it was tough for me to get into that rhythm, you know, and I personally felt unprepared. And that's like one of the more uncomfortable feelings, you know, as an athlete at this level is, you know, when you can't, you know, get all the work that you need to get in to do what you need to do and do your job at the highest level. So that's, that's as simple as I can really put it when it comes to last season. Um, because when I go out, I go out and I play the game, and everything before then is, you know, my level of work at the highest level that I can make it. And so, you know, last year a little bit not being able to get to that highest level of training uh, before showing up, um, yeah, it, it was tough. You know, and I think I'm not the only one who battled that. You know, there's, you know, around the league, it was it was a struggle overall. And, you know, you know, pitchers were opting out um you know there were hitters that you know just struggled the entire year not only myself but it was just a tough year you know and so coming into to to this year I kind of really was able to flush it quite quick honestly because there's nothing I could really take from that you know there wasn't there wasn't enough games there wasn't there wasn't enough time you know to really um to get it going and to get the energy level where it should be so um, it is what it is, but, you know, it's. Um, I'm, I'm really glad where we're at now, and I think, you know, I turned the page pretty quickly on that.
2: I think you did too, and it, it's funny you talk about this. Like in baseball, you guys are under the microscope. I think any person in any industry, any career path felt some of that a season ago. I think ev- everybody did, and then, you know, Major League Baseball is, is, is just a different light when, when you're watching players, especially young players, trying to make their way in this game. When you think about some of the lessons from this year and, and being able to, to have the success you did, I mean – best player in AAA, I think, if you look at the numbers and then the, the the success you had here at the major league level as well. What can you take from 2021 into 22 and beyond?
3: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking a lot of the mindset stuff moving forward. You know, I think my mindset was exactly where, you know, it's been for, you know, ever since I've played the game, um, which is go out and try to find a way to win and, and do do small things. I mean, I think I surprised the entire dugout with a bunt and in the, in the, in the Padres series. Yeah. You know, but to me, I wasn't surprised. You know, I thought about doing those type of things. I thought about the fact that Snell was throwing a good game and that we need to you know, move a runner and put him in scoring position. So I think overall, um, just continue to have a winning mindset about it and want to go out and win the game and find a way to do it. And I think with my speed, which really played this year, I think it played more than it has in years past. Uh, just being able to advance in bases and, and really push the issue on taking the extra base um, that's really what helps us win. And we talk about it all the time here in our organization, coming through about, you know, first to thirds, you know, and really pushing the issue of taking that extra base. Because as you see how these games go, I mean, you could be down, you know, four to three in the ninth inning because someone didn't go first to third in a situation they should have the inning before. Um, so I think for me overall as a competitor, moving forward, it's, it's, it's more of continue to push the issue of being aggressive on the base paths, and you know, as far as defensively, don't let anything drop. You know, me and Marsh joke out there; we call it no fly zone. You know, like most uh, most people try to call it in uh, in the outfield, but but we're we're serious about it. We don't want anything dropping. Um, so if those two things come into play, you know, the hitting is going to be where it's going to be. But we're going to really really make things shake. So,
2: so you get the off season now. I know it, it, the last like twenty four months have been just an unbelievable grind for you. Maybe even longer than that. Get any time for a little R&R before you hit the ground running again for a spring training
0: 22?
3: <laughs> I'll try. I'm a busy body, though. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, definitely definitely going to try uh, to wind things down and kind of take that time to relax and kind of reset and, and get back ready to go.
2: Joe, appreciate it. Congratulations on all the success this year, and thanks for the time today.
3: Appreciate that, Trent. Thank you.
2: Appreciate Joe Adele for the time right there and the candor, quite frankly. Really good stuff uh, from Joe Adele. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. But first, wanted to let you know as a thank you for tuning in to Angels Recap after each and every Angels home game all season long on Angels Radio AM 830 and for being a subscriber and listener to this podcast, I want to give out surprises. How about this? We have a signed Mike Trout photo as well as four tickets – To Saturday's game. When the Angels take on the Seattle Mariners here on fan appreciation night, Saturday night here at the Big A. We got four pack of tickets headed your way. As long as you post on social media that you are a subscriber to the Angels Recap Podcast, that will enter you for a chance to win one of our two prizes. So uh, go do that. Find me on social media, at Trent Rush Sports. On uh, Twitter, probably the best way to do that. Send a screenshot, some kind of evidence that you're a subscriber to the Angels Recap Podcast, and you could win one of our two great prizes. Again, special thank you to everybody for being a part of our show. I want to thank the Joes today. First, Joe Madden. Also, Joe joe adele uh, for giving us some time here for the angels recap podcast my name is trent rush once again thanks to all of you we got one more weekend of angels baseball so i hope you join us here at the big a again tickets as low as three dollars and when you're here stop by the angels team store maybe you want to do some christmas shopping select items 25 percent off how awesome is that hey have a great rest of your day this has been the angels recap podcast